The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hi guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the baddest B1TCH in Hollywood I was called last week, and apparently a soul-crushing witch, which I was called how many days ago, Lex? About three. About three days ago. But Hollywood is a wonderful place to be. Welcome to the show, guys. You all know my co-host, John Kessner, who you all like better than me. G'day, John. Hello. You spelled it this week. I did. I is did. your mom listening? Is... is, is... Are some uh, grown-ups listening this week, or what? Uh, the, yes, the, my my grandma's coming in from Tasmania, and she's going to hear this. So I'm trying to be on my best behavior because <laughs> I am still really afraid of her, and she'll wash my mouth out with soap. Okay, well, she's obviously not a regular listener then. She is not. No, no, actually, she is a regular <laughs> listener. As as much as I say that, um, so this is the so nice just, show. This will be the nice show. This will be the nice show, me behaving myself. Uh, part of it is we have a very, very young, young filmmaker on, on the show today. She wrote a film when she was 15, and I think it was shot when she was 17 and released when she was 19 and went out with Troma, who, you know, I, I love Troma. I actually started with Troma, uh-huh. which uh, she, her name is Kansas. So I'm going to introduce you. Kansas, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So you you wrote this film when you were 15? Yeah, when I was 15, when I was in high school with one of my friends. And what? Did she write B.C. Butcher? Is that the one we're talking about? We're talking about B.C. Butcher. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) So I'm going to let John ask a few questions. He's good with... uh, He's good with the uh, horror horror questions. Okay. Yeah, I'm just well. What's it, first of all, what's it about? What's what's the long? Um, it, well, BC Butcher is the world's first prehistoric slasher movie, and it's starring Cato Kalin. Okay. I have no idea who that is. Cato <laughs> Kalin he was he was uh, the house guest of O.J. Simpson, uh, and uh, parlayed that into some uh, celebrity status. He's, he's ah. the one, Kato Kalen, yeah. Okay, I'm 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 tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> he, he's actually really funny. He does a really good job in the film. He plays a a, a caveman named Rex. And uh, anyways, the the film is about um, a, a prehistoric monster that finds a cave woman that this tribe kills. So he goes and hunts down all the cave women who killed her one by one, like a slasher film. Interesting, and I'm. 
do you, I mean, do you want to be a filmmaker? What made you decide to write this movie? Um, I, well, I've always wanted to make movies my whole life, and it was just something fun me and my friend wrote um, when we weren't, you know, in school and stuff. And um, I don't know, it was just it was just a hobby, and it turned into something a lot bigger. So it's a slasher film. I, you're how old now? I'm 19 now. You're 19 right now. So when mm-hmm. did you, what, you obviously love horror movies. Mm-hmm. When did you start okay, watching so when them? did you start watching horror movies? What was your first horror movie? Do you remember? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't remember my first one. I remember I, when I was really young, I watched um, Poltergeist and uh, I think the, the Tales from the Dark Side movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but but I, I started watching trauma movies when I was like about 12 or 13, probably 12. Did you find them on your own or did somebody tell you about them? Um, I actually started watching them on my own. I would just, you know, find them on the internet and stuff. And then when I got older, I'd start, you know, collecting them on DVD and VHS and stuff like that. Oh, so it, was that a goal then for you, for from the very beginning, to maybe do a trauma film? Um, kind of. I mean, it was. I didn't think I would actually be able to, just because it was something, you know, that. I, I looked up to Troma and Lloyd Kaufman so much. I never thought that I would actually be able to make one, but um, yeah, I always hoped I could, and I did. So it's pretty wow. awesome. So, so where did you, you you wrote the script yourself, right? Well, with a friend of mine, we, uh, we co-wrote it together. Her name's Kenzie Givens. And this was a friend that's about your age, and yeah, we it, were in high school together, and then okay, we, well, we, we both graduated. I'm kind of fascinated Sorry? by this, how people decide to, like, you know, well, I'm going to write a movie. So, so exactly. did, you decide to, did you decide to write a movie and just say, I'm going to write a movie? What did you do then? Um, well, uh, we just wrote it, and we said, oh, when we graduate high school, let's make it. But, you know, we, we graduated. She went off to college, so she moved away. And, but, you know, when I, when I want to do something, I, I actually, you know, go out and do it. So I... I was like, oh, oh well, she's not here, but I'll, I'll make it anyways. So well, I how did decided you, how did, to to start how did it. You, did you read scripts, or did you get a book on it, or did you? What? How did that happen? Um, I don't know. I'd read a few scripts before. Just like I, I bought some books. Like uh, I, I um, like some some of the Quentin Tarantino scripts are printed, and I would buy those and read them and stuff like that. But I, I mean, it wasn't exactly properly formatted or anything like that but we just had kind of a map of of how we wanted our film to be and um it, it wasn't you know it wasn't entirely professional but it, it all worked out okay so so did you have the movie done when you when you contacted trauma um i we had a we had, we'd shot the entire movie but we shot it on 16 millimeter so none of the film was developed yet. I hadn't even seen any of it, but I sent Lloyd Kaufman just an email basically with just, you know, my story and then the premise, you know, how old I was and what the film was about. It was on 16 millimeter. And he said he was going to be in town for Comic-Con because Lloyd's located in New York. I'm in Los Angeles. And uh, then he said he wanted to have lunch with me and we had lunch together and he, he really liked me and was inspired by the story. And uh, he gave me some money to finish it. And when it, when it was finished, I sent it to Troma, and they they wanted to put it out. Wow! <laughs> now that's Im- impressive for somebody so young. Thank you. That's, that's impressive for anybody. 
That it, it is. It's impressive for anybody. But specifically for somebody so young, what yeah. do you want to do now? Um, well, I have another script that I'm working on. Well, the, the script is finished. I'm working on getting it produced right now. But um, it's a script that I wrote based off of a monkey's song. <laughs> okay. What what is the script? What is the script about? Um, it's about teenage girls, but kind of done in a style like like an old Mondo movie, like um, kind of like you know Mondo Hollywood. Okay. I'm trying to see the progression from uh, prehistoric slasher to the monkeys. But. Yeah, so so am I. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Well, but like, is it similar in tone or? Understand? There's a. There's a musical interlude in BC Butcher that a lot of people have compared to the monkeys. So, <laughs> it, <laughs> okay. it's, it's a yeah. I I, I do like uh, movies that incorporate music into them. Is filmmaking what you want to do with your life? For sure. Yeah, that's the only thing I want to do. Very wow. interesting. We well, you know there's I, a lot of uh, there's a lot of groups there's a lot of groups that encourage women filmmakers right now. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of programs and a lot of groups that uh, are encouraging that. So I would definitely, you know, check in with some of them and see if they could, uh, you know, I, I speak at a I speak at a women in Hollywood group, and I set up internships for young girls getting into filmmaking. So I'd be more than happy to introduce you to a few people. Okay, that would be fantastic. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. And so what can we expect from you in the next year or two? Um, well, hopefully uh, my next movie will be be out in the next year or two. It, it will be, but uh, you can expect a, another movie from me and hopefully some more you know, music videos. I, I do those as well. And um, W Magazine just named me an up-and-comer in the new issue that just came out yesterday. So um, more of that. <laughs> So you got Kato Kalin before you made any sort of deal with Trauma? Yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about? Um, well, I also have Rodney Bingenheimer in the film, who's a DJ on K-Rock, and he's the subject of the film Mayor of the Sunset Strip. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was just a friend of mine that I met at a restaurant here in Hollywood, and he, he uh, wanted to be in the film. And then he's friends with Kato because... Uh, they, they've been friends for a really long time, and he asked Kato if he wanted to be in it too, and then everyone got together in the movie. I also have Kadeem Hardison as the narrator in the film too, um, and I I asked him to do it because I used to know his daughter. So just a, a lot of people that I knew that kind of pulled together <laughs> some favors well, for the film. But. Well, that that is the rule in Hollywood. It's it's who you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So in 16 millimeter. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious as to why 16 millimeter. Um, oh, well, one of my favorite horror movies is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted my film to look like that. So before I shot it, I, I contacted the, the DP for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and asked him what they shot on. He told me, you know, 16 millimeter and the type of film stock. And uh, the type that he used, it wasn't around anymore but i just got you know the closest thing i could we just shot on 200 daylight negative 16 millimeter so how old were you when you saw the texas chainsaw massacre Mm, i don't know maybe maybe 
maybe 15? 15, okay. That's a lot, yeah. We, we had the gent on from the Chainsaw Massacre a while back. <laughs> That's what I'm... We had, um, didn't we have Leatherface on from the Texas Chainsaw? Uh, uh, R.A. Mihailov. Yeah, he was in uh, one of the sequels. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and Gunner so. passed away last year, the original yeah. Leatherface. Yeah, died. Nice man, I've met him. He's a very nice man. So I'm going to ask you, usually, you know, this is really hard for John and I because you're younger, we're really trying to keep it clean. We're usually very foul-mouthed <laughs> and very political and very everything else. Oh, so, okay. so this is a challenge. You're presenting us with a challenge. Um, <laughs> what would you say to young people who want to get in the film industry and want to make their movies? What advice would you give them? I mean, you've done this at a very, very young age. Um, well, I, I would just suggest to just go out and do it because when I started, I – had zero industry connections and I just went out and made a film and I put, I put a short at online at first and, you know, then I got, you know, pe- big magazines writing about just the short that I made. And then I had actors contacting me saying they wanted to be in it. And then, you know, other filmmakers and industry people, they're all, you know, coming together and introducing themselves. And, you know, it's, it's a, a lot better just to, to make something and see what comes of it than trying to, to you know, break into the industry without anything under your belt. And uh, so I would just suggest to just, to just to go make things and put yourself out there. And also I suggest to, to read a lot, too. Read and write. What would you suggest reading? Do you have any recommendations? Well, just to, if you want to make stories, I suggest just reading novels and stuff just so you can... You know, understand what's already out there and what what stories appeal to you, and uh, it just gives you a better understanding of how how stories work. You know. Now I've I've got to say, I mean, for me, it's astounding when you're talking Thank about you. a seventeen year old director. Do you know a, a lot of, in a lot of cases, um, directors deal with their life experience, and with what you're making. Um, I, I doubt you've necessarily come in contact with a um, prehistoric butcher. But <laughs> what what was your inspiration? I mean, what made you think to make this particular film? And what gave you the courage to go out and do this? I mean, that's, that's um, really what I find intriguing, is the courage that it takes. I can tell you, I've, I've never been approached by somebody your age. And I've been in this <laughs> industry for... God, since I, was, since I was your age, actually. I've been in this industry since I was your age, and I've never been approached by someone your age to try and get in at 15 or 16 that made a film. Um, well, I, I, I was inspired to do it by the Ramones, actually. I, I was really obsessed with the Ramones in high school, and, um, you know, they, they kind of had the same mentality. Like, n- none of them really knew how to play instruments or anything, but they just kind of went out there and made this music that appealed to a lot of people. But it was it was very simple and almost barbaric. And um, and But it started a whole movement. And I, I thought, you know, I could do the same thing, but with film, I can just, you know, just be someone who's never done anything like that before and just go out and make something and, you know, kind of a, make, make something similar to how movies were used to be made, you know, instead of going through all these years and years of, you know, passing scripts around and making connections, just to go out and do something. And 
I, that, that was kind of what inspired me to do it. And what, you know, year, what year did you graduate? Um, I graduated when I was uh, 16. At what year was that? Um, 2013. 2013. Everybody heard that, right? She was inspired <laughs> by the Ramones. That's my music. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's I, mean, I kind of like the Sex Pistols, Pat. But whatever, whatever. Oh, no. But, but here's the youth of America being inspired by my music, the old dude. And music, music pretty much died in 1989. And all the good stuff is mm-hmm. before. So just want to throw yeah. that point out there. If you're young, listen to the old stuff. This, this is what happens when you do. You become a successful <laughs> filmmaker before you can legally drink. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I've, I've got to say, I'm caught up. I think there's a part of me that's just so surprised. I mean, you've decided to go so against the industry standard, um, but you've used it to make the industry take notice. And I absolutely Thank love that. You. I mean, I, I mean none, none of it would have been possible without Troma, though, because they're, they're the only company that would have distributed something like that. And, um, um, so I, sweetie, uh, sweetie you. you're preaching to the converted. <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman is a friend of mine. I am currently talking to him about doing a television show called Newcomb High. Um, I've been with Kevin Smith to do this show. I started with Troma when I was 17. I was a Victorian secret model. What did you do with Troma? I I was in a film called Slaughter Party. Which I I was 17. uh, I was in Slaughter Party and Ron Jeremy got a hold of me. Uh, and told me I was too smart to be in front of the camera, to get behind the camera. And, well, I'm going to say it exactly the way he did, but Ron looked at me and said, look, you're an idiot. You're obviously foreign, obviously a virgin, and obviously have no idea what you're doing. Sit down, shut up, and listen to me. And because of that, I went and got a job as the assistant to the president of Paramount. So I started with Troma. (laughs) Wow. I've been in the industry since I was 17. And I, I, believe, I, I get it. I've got Lloyd is going to be on the show. He's been on the show, this show three times before. He's going to be on again. Um, this is a pre-record, but he's going to be on the live show later on this afternoon. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So if you want to call back in then and say hi to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> sure I've, known, <laughs> I've known Lloyd for years. And he does take risks. He changed filmmaking in a very real way. I've actually been mm-hmm. trying to get my hands on the Toxic Avenger for the last 10 years. And unfortunately, somebody else had the rights. That's how I got hooked up with Kevin Smith because he was going after the Toxic Avenger as well. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. wants a Toxic Avenger. Um, but no, it's, it's true. Lloyd, will, Lloyd is wonderful for giving people a foot in that door. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not only around. that, as a, as a filmmaker, he's, he's a like a, a really, really great filmmaker. And I don't, I don't think he's gotten enough appreciation for that. And I, I know he gets a lot of appreciation for discovering people like, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and James Gunn and stuff, but just, just his films alone are really, really wonderful. And I mean, it, it's taken a long time for people to, you know, actually appreciate the movies of people like Roger Corman and Herschel Gordon Lewis and stuff. But, you know, I, I feel like it's time for people to start, you know, really appreciating movies like Tromeo and Juliet and stuff. They're, they're real masterpieces. They really are. You know, like I said, I think Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and the Toxic Avenger and Bloodsucking Ferris from Pittsburgh are my father's three favorite movies. <laughs> and every, everyone, everyone has that, that genre that touches them. I'm, I love comedy. 
Some people love horror. Some people, you know, everyone has their thing. But I think at your age, it's it's a good time to get into Hollywood because I don't think you're stuck with the barriers that a lot of people are. I can say we are in, in the entertainment industry, and I'm going to say shame on you to everyone in entertainment and shame on me. We're very stuck in the way things are done. And Lloyd does things his own way. But for the most part, we are very, very stuck in the way things are done and the right way to do them and how you're supposed to move through those channels. And I find it, I personally find it inspiring that you've taken such a different approach to it because it's not something that I've ever seen before. And it's not something I've seen people try. I shouldn't say I haven't ever seen before. It's not something I've ever seen succeed before. And that's what I like best thank about it. Thank you a lot. Yeah, thank you. Is it's that's not something I've seen succeed. So what, what can we expect from you? In 10 years, what would you like to be doing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I just hope I'll be able to keep making the movies I want to make. I mean, I have, a, I have you know, a few scripts lined up of things I want to do. And, you know, I, I just hope I'll be able to just keep making movies and keep having, you know, a following no matter how it's big or small, you know, it's just, you know, people that, that, you know, the films reach, you know, and that, that's all I really want. Well, uh, Lex, are you in the background there? I am. Set me up with this last. I'd like to sit down and talk to her and get her in some of the women's groups. For anyone that doesn't know, Alexis is my assistant. She's the person always in my ear chirping, telling me to, to behave myself, be moral, don't scream at the governor's daughter, things like that. Uh, <laughs> again, I screamed at one governor's daughter. but um, She probably deserved it. She did. She wanted me to sign a petition to get the gays out of Arizona. Um, <laughs> So, so she wanted Wait, to sign there are gays in Arizona? She wanted me to get rid of the gays in Arizona. She wanted me to sign a petition, so I told her what I thought of that. And my publicist uh, said that I was on a new... She was currently having uh, an adverse reaction to new medication, and we're in the process of suing the pharmaceutical companies. That's what she said. Oh. Did, did you guys hear Alexis? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. She, she, basically, she lied. A lot. Um, because... You can't yell at the governor's daughter when you're do, when you're when you're working on something for a uh, to yeah, to get film to incentives in in Arizona. They don't like that. Wow. Didn't want to jeopardize the whole state because her daughter was a prejudiced twit. But um, I, I really do support women in film, and I, I've got to I've got to say in in my experience, I've found a lot of sexism in film. I found a lot of these issues. And I know working with Troma, and this is going to sound funny to anyone that doesn't know Lloyd, given some of the content that Lloyd puts out, but there is no sexism in Troma. It is the only company Mm -hmm. I have ever worked with that I can say there is no sexism, there is no racism, there is no ageism. And you don't have to be an insider to work with Troma. Troma is Mm -hmm. amazing. That isn't true for the rest of Hollywood. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, to my friends out there, you are amazing, but... Um, there is a lot of sexism in Hollywood, and I find it very, very interesting that you've you've come in where you have. Um, how do you think you're going to do dealing with the big studios and things? Um, Sorry, I get hard questions. 
I, I, I'm not sure because I, I haven't really experienced much of it yet, but I, not, I'm not sure. I mean, I know working with something, you know, big like that wouldn't be the same as working with trauma, but <laughs> it, I mean, it is definitely is really, very really different. Best, it is culture shock, but you could start and, you know, even, even no matter where you are in your career, it's, it's really the best place you could be. It's, it's a really, really, they're really wonderful people to work with. It's a wonderful all the sex and all the sex and vulgarity at traumas on the screen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but you know, a lot of the movies aren't even sexist in the first place. So you know, a lot of the the films are you know really empowering too. And I and you know things like nudity, I don't have a problem with either. I think it's actually. Honey, I'm, no, I'm yeah. Australian. I grew up on topless beaches. You're preaching on the converted. Do you want to? Do you want to? So do you, for nudity. Yeah, John just John just likes nudity. Do I, you want to stay studio? Or do you want to go studio or do you want to stay indie? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, if if I am able to to make a film for a big studio and they you know they let me direct you know something that I've written and they they let me go my own artistic direction and that would be really great. I mean, it's, it's just really just, you know, I mean, what, whatever I can get where I can also keep my, uh, integrity. I like that. I haven't heard that word in years. It's something I think people used to have. <laughs> I think, I think I sold mine for a film deal a few years ago. All right, guys, we are going to go to a break. We will be right back with John Kessner, who you all like better than you like me. I'm Summer Helene, the Duchess of Hollywood, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, and a thousand other dirty words you can call me. And thank you very much, Variety, for that write-up. We're on with Kansas talking about the BC, it's BC, BC Butcher. I, I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wanted to say the Butcher of BC. I, I have no idea. I think I'm getting the Demon Barber of wherever. Um, so it's the BC butcher. You guys actually have to check this out. I, I love to empower. I love to talk about women's empowerment. We've had Dev Ross on the show. She was the first female staff writer at Disney. We've had Cindy Honig on. She was one of the top female publicists. I've worked with Catherine Bigelow, first female Oscar winner for best director. She's a friend of mine. Sherry Lansing, first female studio head. We love, love, love strong women on this show, mostly because I am a strong, 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 strong woman. We'll be right back after the break talking a little bit more about what it takes to make it in Hollywood. And I'm going to probe a little bit deeper with this last because she's really shy. It's cute. We'll be right back after the break. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you found the beauty inside of you? 
Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. Hi guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and during the break... We were trying to stop John from corrupting the wonderful Kansas. Well, oh. we are talking about the BC Butcher. She, she's yeah. making a trauma film, so come on. She's making I, 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 <laughs> uh, that That's fair. But I do have to give, give a quick, quick shout-out to Pure PR with Cindy Honig. I brought her up a few, a few minutes ago. She's been talking a little bit about Voice America in some of her stuff, and I'm going out to some of her stuff. That is really important, and I'm sure it's something Kansas will tell you too. In any kind of filmmaking, in any kind of project, you've got to find some partners. You've got to find the people that help you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be speaking at Phoenix Comic Con. I'm going to be doing a workshop on how to get your movie made. So unless you're Kansas and can make your movie on your own, come on out to Phoenix Comic Con, and I'll tell you how to get funded. It's it's. Kansas has proved it. It's actually pretty damn easy to get your movie made if you know how to go, who to talk to, and what to do. Griggs Vacuums, because you are Alexis's grandfather, and she puts you on the list of people that I'm supposed to talk about every week. Alexis, you're aware that this is the list of people that own my butt, right? Yes. That's your grandfather's company? Yes. Oh, yeah. And you just put him on the list every week? Of course I do. Okay, fair enough. True use your resources. Re- use, your resources. Yeah, use your resources. If you are an assistant to somebody with a radio show, slip your grandfather's company in there. <laughs> True <laughs> Rest Float Spa in Sedona. 
If you guys get a chance, go out there and check it out. We are going to be giving away some vouchers to this True Rest Float Spa in a future show. You know the drill. I answer a question. We give you some freebies. Uh, finish it. The Truth Group. Quit smoking, Alexis. I did. I did. You did not. You smoke whenever you think I'm not looking. No, I finish didn't. it is, is about truth. It's, it's about talking about the truth about smoking. The reason we tossed them in with the people that are my butt, these guys actually aren't somebody that dress me or do anything that, that I'm signed to them in any way. I just really, really believe in this. Let's stop the youth of America from smoking. Facial magic. If you want to look younger, it's a great way to go. Smashbox makeup. Thank you guys for making me look gorgeous on the red carpet. Nestle Pure Life Water. I actually like the taste of this water, believe it or not. And Dow over at David Andrews Salon, who did my extensions. Thank you. They look fantastic. I'm looking forward to wearing them on the next red carpet. We are going to be heading over to Phoenix Comic Con. I'm talking there. I'm talking at Palm Springs Comic Con and 50 million different places. But I think Phoenix Comic Con is the next one, and that is June 2nd. Come out, have a look. I'll be there. I'll drag John out there. I think we'll be doing uh, probably one of the shows live from there. Okay. Come check it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) By the way, John, we're doing the show live from Phoenix Comic Con. That's fine. I'm usually there anyway. (laughs) So we'll be going to Phoenix Comic Con, guys. It's fantastic. It's 100,000 people. I actually like it better than I like San Diego, and I talk at both. So there's there's my my little... saying for the day. Now, we were talking before the break about whether you wanted to go studio oh, or stay indie. I'll give away for today. Tell me the name of my first trauma film, since we're talking about trauma, the first trauma film that I was ever in. And you can win floating at True Rest Spa, some Smashbox makeup, or a write it off road rentals, your choice. I'll give you whichever one you want. Tell me the name of the trauma film I was in where John, uh, Ron Jeremy ambushed me and told me to <laughs> get behind the camera. Give me the name of that film. Go to Behind the Scenes on Facebook. Go to Summer Helene on Facebook. Or just write in at info or Behind the Scenes at Summer Helene. Where, where do they write in? BTS at Summer Helene. BTS at Summer Whatever, whatever she said. So write in any of those places or just track us down. We'll give you some freebies. And, oh, yeah, my favorite thing. Or you can just write on the page. If you don't know the answer, give me free stuff. I had someone do that last week, said I couldn't answer the question, give me free stuff, and we gave them some anyway. Oh. I, I just thought it was interesting. It works. It, it did. I'm, I'm a sucker. I thought it was creative. It was somebody with a photo holding a sign that says, Summer, please give me free stuff. I couldn't help it. I'm going to get their permission to see if I can repost this. It was actually very cute. So, Kansas, you, you want to be in the film industry. What drew you to it? You talk about these movies. You talk about these things. But realistically, you're choosing to be a minority in a very difficult industry for women. And you're choosing an industry that is there – is there is a specific type that goes for it. I mean, we all – have to be slightly narcissistic, except for myself, of course. And, uh, you know, I mean, there is a specific type that gets into Hollywood. What, at such a young age, I mean, I was your age when I got in, and I know that I was just bowled over by the reality of Hollywood. What's it been like for you? What was your first red carpet like? Um, First, uh, God, I I can't remember my first red carpet. Um, Get out. I, I... no, no. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to sound like an asshole, but I. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I can't remember. Um, 
might have been, I don't know, just a couple of years ago or something. I don't know. Um, but but to answer the, the first question, why I wanted to be in this industry is just, um, I, I don't know, ever since I was like really, really young, like seven years old, even like me and my sister, we, we would, you know, watch Quentin Tarantino movies and we would like, you know, recreate them and film each other. And, you know, that's always what I wanted to do. We'd, we we would always make our own little like home movies and stuff. And it, it never phased me or anything about it being a difficult industry. It's just, I, because that's not what you think about. You just think about what it is you want to do. It doesn't, you don't think about, well, how many women directors are there? It's just, these people can make movies. I want to make a movie and I, love I like that. these movies. I want to make a movie like that. And, so, I'm saying this to you out there. I know you listen to this show. You wouldn't let me watch Quentin Tarantino at seven. <laughs> See? See what you did wrong? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mum, don't listen to this show. I love you. Don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually very in love with Quentin Tarantino. And when I was 14, I, I met him and I proposed to him. You know, I met him and proposed to him too, but I wasn't 14. <laughs> yeah. Of course, what I proposed wasn't marriage. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Actually. I, I just really want to make a film with Quentin Tarantino. He is amazing. So I, I understand you looking up to him there. Mm-hmm. What, what was the most difficult thing that happened to you while you were making BC Butcher? Um, uh, well, there, there was one day where, um, one of the actresses just didn't show up to set and, um, so we, we didn't know what to do. And my, my dad was there helping out on set. And so was his fiance at the time, uh, Miranda Robin. And she was just helping out with hair and makeup and stuff. And I asked her if she wanted to be in it. And so she ended up being one of the main characters. <laughs> that, that happened. Really? That was the most difficult mm. thing? We've actually literally had set ca- catch on fire. <laughs> just shush, Lex. <laughs> I I, Lex is pointing out in the background, really, we've had shit burned down. <laughs> like, I, I like that. That's, yeah, people, that you... people, people ask me that a lot. They just, it, nothing really that bad happened on set. It, it all went pretty smoothly. I don't know. So, sorry, I'm not, I'm not giving you much dirt. I'm sorry. But I mean, I, I that's it... probably because of, you know, pre-production. If you plan everything out, you yeah, know, things happen, yeah. but I mean, if you really plan everything, you know, pre-production makes all uh, the difference in the world. Bullshit. Excuse me here. Any production, in, in my experience, any production is basically like flying an airplane, missing a wing that's already on fire. I've had the best directors humanly possible, tons of money, tons of everything that should make a perfect cocktail, and a shitload of pre-production. And I'm sorry for cussing. Wait, you're 19 now. I yeah. can cuss. Um, a shitload of pre-production and I've still had my assistant in the corner crying going I don't know what happened to craft services Mm. (laughs) well I mean maybe maybe that's one of the good things about having you know a really small crew it's a lot easier to keep track of and you know I, I I pretty much did everything I was in charge of craft services I made all of the costumes I got all the props I I drew all the storyboards I was in charge of you know wrangling all the actors and I, our our crew was basically me and two other people, so that uh, it might have I'd been like to, to my take, advantage. I'd like to take you up to Phoenix when I go to Comic Con, if you'd like to go. Okay, June and introduce <laughs> you. It's June second through fifth. I'm going to take you up there and introduce you to a few people. Okay. <laughs> I think that, like I said, I love to support women in film, and I, 
I'm going to hook you up with some people for an internship because the fact that you've got that kind of gumption is not just a credit to your sex, it's a credit to you as a person. I know I talk a lot about women in film, but really that is absolutely amazing. Um, Alexis is going to get you in contact with a group called Diamond in the Raw, which is a stunt woman organization. She's going to get you in contact with Dev Ross. She's going to get you in contact with Cindy Honig. And I'm going to get you in contact with Catherine Bigelow. I really think there are some women that would love to foster that kind of creativity in someone so young, myself included. So I'm going to on air extend this to you and say, you need help with anything, call us. And if you need an intern, I'm open on most weekends. (laughs) John John will show up as long as you have bikini-clad women. Um, But in, in all seriousness, I am really impressed by somebody so young doing that. There are so few people, and it's, it's not, I mean, let's scratch the so young. Anybody kicking in that door and putting in that kind of work. You know how I got my assistant? I put out mm-hmm. an ad for a guy that was 25 with experience. I got this 18-year-old girl that walked in the door and said, you're going to hire me, let me tell you why. Five years later, she's still an irritant, but she's now doing executive work. Yep, she produces this radio show. And uh, as well as just producing her first television show and has another one that's being produced and and a docu and a couple of other things. So that's now. And right now she's looking for an assistant for me to replace her. And I've had her for five years. She was a god-awful assistant, but she makes an excellent executive. Wow. So, I mean, there is something in people, and I'm, I clearly see it in you. Where, what city in Los Angeles did you grow up in? Um, I, I kind of moved around all over. I, I lived in Topanga Canyon for a while, and I also lived in Hollywood and, and Koreatown, Mid-City. I, I don't know. I've, I've moved so many times, but I've always stayed in Los Angeles. Wow. And that's, that, yeah, that's, that's very, very interesting. What is your, I mean, if you, if you were writing your memoir tomorrow, what okay. is it that you would say about this time in your life? About this moment. This moment? This moment. Um, this All that's gone on, this moment. What would you say? Uh, it's all happening. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all starting to happen. Like right now, it's, it's, uh, hard work is paying off. I, it's, it's, it's exciting. I, I, well, you I, know, there's so many people out there that... that do and I know because I'm stuck way out here in the indie world. But there are so many people who mm-hmm. do make movies. But she must really have something for you know trauma to pick it up. I mean, you know, there are tons and tons of movies that are made out there that nobody ever ever hears about and never will and never should. I know mm-hmm. I've seen it. I go to a lot of them. And but I mean, you know, to have something first of all to have a movie, get a movie done. Congratulations, especially at your age. That's amazing. Thank you. You know, but then to have you know somebody pick it up. That's the big. That's a big thing too. So um, you know, this is, these are huge accomplishments for somebody your age, and it's something to you know definitely build on. I, you you have this next project. Do you do you keep a, like a, a you know files or notebooks of ideas and constantly developing other things or? Yeah, 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 all the time. Okay, because that's that's what you need to do. Because the the question everybody asks in Hollywood is, okay, what else do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what's next? And yeah, I have. That's why I have you know a few completed scripts backed up, and then I you know 
then even then I have some other things in development and different little projects that I want to work on. Completed feature scripts? Yeah. How long does it take for you to write a feature script, for example? Mm, I don't know. It depends. The, the script that I just wrote, I think I came up with the idea for it, like, around June or something. Uh-huh. And, and then I, I was just kind of thinking about it for a while, and I just have to let it, like, you know, sit in my head, and then I write some things, what I want it to be like, and then, I don't know, just then one day it kind of just, I was like, oh, okay, I want to write this now. And then in October, I just wrote the entire script in maybe a couple days. Okay, well, that, that sounds like that sounds like a very normal, productive process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it, it's pretty much to, to have that. All of them. Are you looking at university, or are you just looking at pushing your way into the career? Oh, no, yeah, I don't want to go to college. I, I, I got out of school early because I, I just hated it so much. I, 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 just, I can't stand it. You know, there's nothing, nothing more important than life experience. I often tell people on this, get mm-hmm. an internship. It'll do you better than college. Work as a PA. Mm-hmm. It'll do you better than college. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had people on my movie set that I hired off of Craigslist to, like, help out that had, you know, college degrees from film school and stuff. And it's like, yeah. I, and, I, and I was bossing them around. I was, you know, 20 years younger than them. So I, I don't really see the point of it. <laughs> there, there, there is a there is a point in that if you go to USC or somewhere like that, you do your internships at Fox, you do your internships at Paramount, and you do it at the studios. What mm-hmm. um, film school does, if you take it here, I'm not talking about outside of Los Angeles, but the major schools mm-hmm. in Los Angeles send you to internships at the studios, and it gives you a credit and gets you tied into the studio so you can get a job right out of college. It's the foot in the door for people that don't have that foot in the door because right. it is so necessary to have those relationships in college. So I'll never slam USC. I've gotten wonderful people from there, and I've seen wonderful people come out of there. On the flip side, if um, those aren't the schools you're going to and you're not doing an internship at a studio, you're better off taking work as a PA if you can get it and building mm-hmm. the relationships. So what was the scariest moment for you putting this film together? Um, well, it's just always scary to watch it. I, I, cause just because it's just scary, people watching it, not knowing, you know, all the work and years that went into it and just just watching it as just a sit-down viewing, you know, and ha- having a quick opinion, it's, that, that's kind of nerve-wracking. That makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to say to the audience? Oh, um... <laughs> uh, I hope you all enjoy BC Butcher if you go out and watch it. It's at, it's on Troma's streaming service right now. It's called Troma Now. It's at watch.troma.com. So guys, check it out. Check out BC Butcher. It's on Troma's it's on Troma's streaming service. Kansas, what's your last name, sweetheart? Bowling. Check out Kansas and we are going to invite her back on the show when we have the young people in Hollywood. I'd like to invite you back on the show. We're going to have a show specifically okay. geared towards up-and-comers in Hollywood. I'd love to have you back on it. I find you very, very interesting. Okay, great. Thank you. No, Thank that, you. Candace, what, uh, what, you, you said that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's your favorite horror film? Uh, one of them, yeah. yeah. So what, what are your others? Uh, favorite 
Like films or horror films? Well, do, do you focus on horror films? Um, no, I mean... Or do you I have others? I mean, you mentioned movies. Quentin Tarantino, so... Yeah. Um, well, all my, my favorite movies of all time is probably Midnight Cowboy and really? Rock and Roll High School and Spider Baby and Suspiria and Faster Pussycat Kill Kill and, and Lord Love a Duck. I, I don't even really? know if somebody my your age has seen all of these films. Um, Candace, thank you so much for being on the show. We will definitely have you on again. Okay, thank you. I'm so impressed much. she knows all. All that. right, bye, <laughs> um, I So am I. I mean, how? I wonder how she learned about them. Did I, you watch I, them when you were her age, Sean? I, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm so impressed that she knows what Spider Baby is. That's just, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? I, I cannot believe it. Could you imagine at, at her age? I, I was in the industry at her age, though. I remember it was so overwhelming, and she seems to have such a strong handle on it. I remember Alexis being so overwhelmed at points. Wow. She has a good handle on it. What do you think? <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, you. What do you think? Uh, what do I think of uh, Alexis? I think she's good. Uh, no, of Candace. <laughs> I'm, I'm she's she, got a strong I think she's got a strong hand on it. Good hand. Absolutely, and she's looking at the right stuff. I mean, you know, she's, she's I, these are all films that I grew up with. These are all the, the music she's inspired by is the music I grew up with and uh it just goes with my theory that uh you know, everything stopped about in the late eighties that was any good. Uh, you know, I well it's it's when we got repetitive and on behalf of the film industry I gotta say I'm sorry we uh you know, we, we got really repetitive here. I'm, I'm a little horrified. I'm, I'm worried to talk about talking about politics and things, so I don't know when this particular one's going to air. But what today, this is actually being recorded on March 18th at 3.50 p.m. And the reason I'm saying this is I'm still horrified that Trump's running. Um, and there, there's actually a site, it's called Stop the Trump or Dump the Trump. A hashtag dump the Trump. And I'm getting something. I've gotten a PSA. I'll send it out to you guys from Lloyd Kaufman. They asked me to do one. They've asked a lot of celebrities to do one. And it says, on behalf of Hollywood, we made him famous. We created this monster. We're sorry. (laughs) And I, I was actually asked to do a PSA to apologize to the American people for contributing to Donald Trump's fame and thus his campaign. Wow. For creating the monster, and, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, so, so guys, anyone listening out there? Um, and President Trump, if that's you, hello. Um, if not, please, please be President Sanders or President Clinton. But you know, Hollywood. You know the rule. We're in Hollywood. We're Democrats, whether we like it or not. Um, I, I find it interesting that we're being asked to do these PSAs, like you know, apologize on behalf of Hollywood, no matter what. Well, it's all about the image. It, it is, but I never really thought about it. It's true. We did make him famous. He, you know, he paid a good publicist, and we've put him in everything. He's been a farce of himself for years. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I usually take the Elvis line when it comes to politics. You know, ma'am, I just assume keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> I know, I know. There's no I winning. Know. You know, there's a lot of... What about win. the celebrities that are coming out for Trump? No, uh, not really. We're not really no. getting celebrities coming out for Trump, and we're getting a lot of apologies. 
And but the apologies I'm finding interesting are not necessarily that he's running. It's that um, because of his fame, we cannot see his politics is one of the lines. And it was from um, a very, very well-known actress, and I'm not going to blow her PSA. It's online. You can look it up. Oh. But um, her, what she had said was, I'm not going to say whether I'm voting for Trump or not because I don't know his politics. I can't get past the fame to learn them. Well, this, that's the culture we've turned into is because look at who's famous. I mean, you don't have to even know anything. You don't have to have a position. You don't have to have any talent. You don't have to have anything to be famous in this culture now, and this is why we're where we're at. I swear to God, in eight years, if we have President Kanye West, I am moving back to Australia. And this isn't like, you know, if we, if we have President Trump... I'm I going will, with you. I will stay. I know you come to... <laughs> but I'm saying if we push it to the point of idiocracy, um, I think, it, you know, where you've got the president standing up there flipping everybody off, mm. I'm running away from home because this, well, this country is my chosen home. I choose to be here. I love this country. I don't know, but if Kanye does run, I think we just need to stop it, and just like he did with uh, yeah. Taylor if, Swift. if that's the rule, if Kanye runs for president, Taylor Swift gets to get up and interrupt his inaugural speech and say and that, take uh, yeah, take away the presidential seal. and say that and say that Trump had a better one. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't think it's gonna you know I don't think it's gonna come to that. I hope. If we get to the point that we have, you know, it's it's bad enough. uh, You know, Trump's got three divorces and his wife did porn. I mean, you can you literally can find a spread eagle in porn magazines. That's going to be the first lady of the United States. That's bad enough. But I swear to God, if uh, we we end up with uh, first lady Kim Kardashian, I'm shooting myself in the head. (laughs) I'm joining ISIS. You're joining us. That's great. I yeah. know. You know, and I, I get where these people doing these PSAs are coming from. I'm gonna. I'm going to do the PSA because I do believe that whether his message is good or not, whether or not he can help this country, his message is so buried in fame that we'll never know. And so I understand where people are saying on behalf of Hollywood, "I'm sorry for creating this fame monster," because we don't know who this candidate is. Yeah. I find that interesting. That that's going to come up in a lot of shows. I need to warn you, John, because because they bought they bought part of my butt. But um, I know I've got two minutes till the show closes. But I find that very interesting. If if we I seriously if we have if we have First Lady Kim Kardashian, oh boy. Let's not go. I'm still trying to process Trump's wife as First Lady, which I don't know. Not the first, not the first hot right? chick to be married to a head of state. Didn't doesn't France have like hot mistresses to their premier? They they do, but but you know you can't see their crotch. I mean, you can really if you look at these pictures, and I've looked them up, you can see what she had for lunch. Oh wow! I got it. Where where'd you find those? In? I, I Google seen, it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like that's the what. Just Google it. I'll have to look up I, our future first ladies' porn. I know it's just which shocking. I've never had to say, which I've never said before. I yeah. Well, would you want to see it? maybe Michelle Obama, Hillary? I'm, I'm a Hillary Clinton what? fan, but I wouldn't want to see that. Would I mean Nancy? Oh. Maybe Nancy Reagan when she was young. Would you In the want 40s, to see it? They did they they didn't have internet porn then. This is no, this they is a didn't. I'm just world. saying. Which would you want to see it? I want to go back right. in a time machine and say I'm going to look up the first lady on in porn, her porn online, and just see how freaked out everybody is in the past that's you could that do one. that we could do that yeah where right, i come guys, from we can find everyone naked online 
Oh, I love it. Guy, you can find me, well, topless. Guys, welcome to the end of, uh, thank you for joining us. It's the end of our show. Do check out BC Butcher. It is amazing to see someone so young doing something so great. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. You're on with myself and John Kessner. This was Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.